We're at the bottom of Memalu from its base. So the Gemara here is talking about the carbon Pesach, the halacha of Tzli, that has to be roasted, not cooked, not partially roasted. Taner Abonam, we learned in Abraisa. Ochal Tzli, Meboid Yoim, eat the carbon Pesach, roasted during the day, Erev Pesach, before the time. Chayef. So you chayef for not for eating it then, not in the uh, right time. If you eat a kezayis of it partially roasted at night, you also chayef. You also chayef for eating it then because the Torah says at the right time you have to eat it fully roasted. So ketani tzli dum yedeno. The Brisa compares the two. It says that by day roasted yechayev, by night partially roasted yechayev. It sounds like that's similar. Mano belav. Just like when you eat it partially roasted at night, you over on the lav of al toichlu mimenu no bashul mavoshul. It's really it's, it's a clear lav in the Torah. Avtsli belav. So too, if you eat it roasted by day, you also over on the lav. Eating it, the lav is that you ate it before the time. Says the Gemara, which lav is that? Bishloim no eating it partially roasted at night. So that ksiv the pasuk says al toichlu mimenu no. Do not eat it partially roasted. El atsli minolan. From where do I see that the tzli, why is it a lav to eat it tzli by day, before the time? Says the Gemara, the Pasuk says, You should eat the meat of the carbon Pesach at night. So from this we understand, by night you eat it, but by day you should not eat it. So here we see that the Torah does not want you to eat it during the day. Asks the Gemara, that's not a lav. Hi lav, I understand that the Torah says not to do this from what it says you should do, the timing that it wants you to do it. And we know that anytime you can do something from the Torah, when it writes it in the positive, what you should do, that's not a lav, that's an asay. So the question still remains, how is this Braisa comparing the sleep by day to eating it partially roasted at night and saying that it's a lav? This b'raise is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that holds that even this would be considered a lav. A unique opinion from Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanya, we learned in the b'raise, Rabbi Yehuda says, Shoir v'seh, a uh, ox or, an, uh, or a uh, sheep, sarua v'kolot, so it's, it's uh, one of the eyes is larger than another eye. And the same thing also regarding any other limb, that the limbs are not proportionate, or kolot, it's the... the, the feet is not properly, the hooves are not properly split. It can be brought as a nedava, meaning you can bring it as a donation for the Beis HaMikdash and it can be used for anything in the Beis HaMikdash but it's not going to be as a carbon. It has the monetary value to be used as uh, for anything else. So from this you learn out that only an animal which is not fit for a carbon, when you're makdash it, so then that's going to go for the monetary value for the Beis HaMikdash. But an animal that's a, a, a tomim, that's fit for a carbon, cannot be de- dedicated just for the monetary value to be used for the Beis HaMikdash. That could only be for a carbon. Okay, so this is, a, if something is fit for a carbon, it has to be dafka for a carbon. Mikan omru kolamatfis, tmimim, Anyone that is maktish something, a behemoth, which is a, a, a behemoth that's a tam, that could be brought as a carbon. And he is maktish it for the purpose of being used for the base hamiktosh itself, for the monetary value. Oyve ba'asei. Yoyve on the esse. Because the Torah says, Shervis se, the saru avakolot nidovat ha'asei. Only if it's a balmum, 
should it be brought uh, for the better kabbayas. So ba'asei, um, then the b'asei continues. So I would say you're only over on a esa. How do I know that you're over on a loisesa as well? Talmud loimar, vayidaber Hashem el Moshe leimar. I learned out from the Pasuk, vayidaber Hashem el Moshe leimar, that it's a loisesa as well. And the Gemara is going to explain in a second, where do I see that this is a loisesa from this Pasuk? So limit, I'll call a parsha kula, shehi beloisesa. I learn from this on the entire parsha that it's a loisesa. Meaning, even though the Titus says it as an assay, it says it in the positive, but I can deduce from what it says there also the negative of what you shouldn't do. And therefore, what I deduce in the negative is considered to be a loisesa. In other words, the Chiddush is, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is, any loisesa that I understand from an assay has the halacha as a loisesa, and you get malchus in that, Divri Rabbi Yehuda. Now the Gemara explains, from where do I see in the Pasuk, Vayedab Hashem al that it's a loisesa. Amalei Rebbe, Lebar Kapare, my mashma. How do I see it in this Pasuk? It's the word Lamer. What does Lamer mean? Loi Nemar Bedvarim. Lamer means look at the content of the Pasha. Loi is being said here. Even though it's being written in the positive, the Abish is speaking in the positive, but it really means also the negative as well. That you should not do other than the way I said it. So Lamer is a combination of these three words. Loi Nemar Bedvarim. So that's why it's all a Loisessa. And by, by Rav's yeshiva, they said similar. Lay moir is a combination of two words. Lav and moir. Tell them this halacha as a lav. So David is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, when you're telling the Eden, the halachas over here, tell it to them in the positive, but also tell them the lav. That it's the positive, which you should understand also the negative of what they're not allowed to do. So this is the source of Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that says that many times in the Torah, when it says a mitzvah saseh, and you can deduce from it the negative of what you shouldn't do, like the example before regarding the tzli, that the Torah says that the carbon pesos should be eaten at night. From this I understand also the negative, that if you eat it by day, of malchus. It's a unique opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. We don't pass on like Rabbi Yehuda regarding this Malchus, but this is Rabbi Yehuda. No. Oh, Benigayat, to this Indian, yeah. yes. That a carbon, which is a tam, I mean, would, cannot be brought as a... Uh, I would say it's like a make sense. Yeah, no, no. Even Benedovi can okay. bring something like Yerubah. Someone that's roi to be a full carbon, to take the behemoth itself, to be makrib on the Mizbeach, don't just use the monetary value. and It has to be fully, in other words, Eivisha wants fully. If it can't be used fully, so then you can sell it, you can use the monetary value for something else. If it itself could be used as fully, so then... Okay, maybe. Okay, let's go back to the Gemara. Right. So you have the water that a baker uses to wash off his hands. So what did it say in the Mishnah? That when he washes off his hands, so that water... Uh, you have to spill it out in a place that it shouldn't be stay with, stay where it is in a pail somewhere because then it could become chametz and it's, you have it with you on Pesach. So you have to spill it out. Tani and one brayse says You have to spill it in a place where there's a slope so the water flows away. Don't pour it in a place where the water will collect there. But in a different price it says, You could pour out the water in a place where the water collects there. <laughs> it's not a question. Over here we're talking about when you have a lot of water, and if you pour it in one place where it could collect, so kavu will collect in one place, so you have to therefore, that the price is saying that you have to pour it in a place where there's a slope. And the the 
And when you're talking about it's not a lot of water, so it's not going to collect here, it's going to get absorbed in the ground, so you can pour it in a place even without a slope. Here the Gemara brings the halacha of Maim Shalonu. The water that you use for the baking of matzahs has to be left overnight. A woman or anyone that's baking the matzah should not use the water for it. Only water that was left overnight to get cooled off. As we'll see here, a few different halachas regarding what you bake matzah. It has to be dafke in a very cool environment and the water has to be cold and the person's hands should be left cold because the warm, the heat makes it the quicker. Rav Masne said this halacha in the city Papunya that you have to use Mayim Shalonu. And he said it in Hebrew, Mayim Shalonu. What's the translation of Mayim Shalonu in Hebrew? It means our water. So he, people thought he meant to say that you have to use my water, you have to come to use my water for, this, uh, for the matzahs. Lamacha, Tamaro, Aisi, Kula, Alam, all the people of the city brought Chatzvayu, their barrels. Basilagabe, they came knocking to his door. He sees a huge line of people out and says, What's going on over here? What happened? Vamrule, Havlan Maya. You said it has to be Mayim Shalonu, so give us water. Amaluhu, so he told them, Omri. I meant water that is rested overnight. The word bisu means to rest, to sleep. I, I meant water that rested overnight. I didn't mean our waters. So the Gemara apparently is bringing this story to show you to be careful when you say a halacha, how it could be misunderstood. You have to say it and tra- translate it in the language that people understand what you're talking about. Salacha of Ma'im Shalono, of course, of Ma'im Shalono, the Alter Rebbe brings in Shulchan Aruch Ba'arichis, the different reasons with ma- for Ma'im Shalono. We still call it Ma'im Shalono. Correct, we call it Ma'im Shalono. <laughs> yeah. So the Alter Rebbe brings in Shulchan Aruch the, the, the reasons for Ma'im Shalono. So one of the reasons is, is that the, when it's um, by nighttime, when the sun is down, so the sun is going beneath and from, from below, so therefore the springs below gets heated up from the sun that's on the other side. That's one pshat in the Mayim Shalano. Then the Altarev brings another pshat, a few different pshat in the Mayim Shalano, and we have to, have to be medayik, dafke to take it by Bein Hashmoshes, and leave it until the morning. Dorash Rav, said another detail about this, that it has to be dafke, everything done with cold. Isha le'talosh b'chama, a woman should not need the dough outside, under the sun. V'loi b'chami chama, and not with water that got heated up from the sun. Certainly not that got heated up from fire. Not water that you shoveled out from a mulya, which is some kind of an urn, a copper urn, even if there's no fire that heated it up, but because it's such a thick copper urn, so the water that's at the bottom of it is, is warm. She sh- the, the woman that's kneading the dough should not lift up from the dough that she's preparing for the oven. Until you finish preparing the matzah. This is the halacha that it says regarding matzah, you're not allowed to leave the matzah not being worked with. The matzah has to constantly, as, as long as, as, just like we had before regarding when you have a leak onto flour, as long as the leak is consistent and is, is a movement, it does become chametz stick. If it's complacent, if it's in one place, it becomes chametz stick. You can probably say the same thing also in the Indian of chametz beruchnius. If there's a constant movement, mechayel ochayel, there's a growth, there's a movement, so then there's no chametz, a person is, is moving. When a person becomes complacent, that's when the chametz and the yeshes comes out. V'tzarech shnei kalim. You should have two different dishes. One that you're, you, the bowl where you have the matzah in it and you, you spread the water on top of it. But always have another bowl where she can rinse her hands and cool off her hands so her hands should not be warm when she's using it for the matzah. Now the question was asked, 
What's if she went and used for the matzah, not the maim shalonu, but warm water? Bidiyavit. Could, it be, could the matzah be used? Obviously, we're talking about a case that you see that the matzah did not become chametzdik. There's signs to see that, as Gemara will say later. So, bidiyavit, if you use this water and it did not become chametzdik, could you eat this matzah? Mazutra mamutr. Mazutra says it's allowed. Ravashi omar osa. Ravashi says no. There's a takonas chachomim that it has to be maim shalonu. You didn't use matzah maim shalonu, you can't eat your matzah. From where do I know that it's going to be mutter b'dieve detanya based on the brayes that we learned before? It said that you're not allowed to soak the barley in water on Pesach. But ve'im losas if you did soak it as b'dieved, we say it's okay. Only if nizbaku, if you see that the barley split open, then asurim, then it's a problem. Lein nizbaku, it did not split open. Mutarin, it's allowed. So I see that b'dieved, it's allowed. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi disagrees. Ravashi says, how can you compare to that case? Who says it's the same thing? What was all this woven in one, in one weaving? Meaning there's different gzeris and takanas of Chazal. Do I know that when Chazal made one takana and another takana that you can compare all of them? That if in one case I find a bidiyeva, they said it's allowed. That means that in another case it's also allowed. Not necessarily. Heiche de itmer, itmer. There where it, where it clearly says that it was only a takana lichat chile and not bidiyevet, so that says it. But veheiche de loyitmer, loyitmer. Where it doesn't say it, it doesn't say it. And therefore, since you were over on a takana of chazal, there's a penalty, there's a knas that the matzah should not be eaten. So therefore, it's not the same thing. Hadron aloch kol Conclusion of the second pedic of of Masech uh, We begin a new pedic, and here the pedic begins. This is a uh, a Perik that's going to discuss the halachas of taruvas chametz, when you have not chametz for itself, but chametz that's ingredients of chametz that's mixed into something else, and also chametz neiksha, chametz that's not. Uh, huh? oh, you finished the, the volume of art scroll, okay? So you got to get the regular gemara. Okay. So chametz neiksha, which is chametz that's not fit for eating, it's not uh, full. It's not fully chametz. Huh? Right. Okay. It's on the bottom, you see over there on the bottom shelf, there's a Masech Tepsachim. Zog to Mishnah. Ve'elu oivrim be'Pesach. It's uh, the following things, you're going to be oivr on Pesach. These are also included in the Isra of Chometz. So there's a big Machlaikas Rishayin in what it's talking about. First, let's see what the Rashi says. Ve'elu oivrim be'Pesach refers to Bal Yerah, Bal Yemotzeh. The Isra of having Chometz in your possession is what the Mishnah is speaking about. And, what, and the Mishnah here says seven different things. Kutach Bavli. This is a dip that they made in bubble that's mentioned many, many times in the Gemara, which has in its ingredients which are chametz. Sheikhar Amodai, beer from Modai, also has in it chametz. Chaymitz Adoimi, and the beer, the, the, not beer, the chaymitz, vinegar from Edoim. Zaytum Hamitzri, the Zaytum, which is some kind of a uh, thing that, like a medicine from, from Mitzrayim. The Gemara will explain what it is. Zayman Shal Tzavoyim, the Zayman of the painters, also the Gemara will explain it. Vamilan Shal Tabachim. There's some kind of a flour or some kind of a bread of the bakers, of the cooks, which the Gemara will explain as well. The kailan shall seifrim. The kailan shall seifrim, also in the Gemara, it's a, some kind of a glue that's used by shoemakers. All of these have chametz in it. So the first few cases that the, Gemara, that the Mishnah mentioned over here, which is kutach abavli, sheikharamadi, chametz adaymi, zeytema mitzri, those are things that are taruvas chametz. They have ingredients of chametz in it. It's fit for eating. It's, it's pure chametz but it's, it's mixed with something else. The other things that the Mishnah said, 
which are the Zaymen Shal Tzavayim, Amilan Shal Tavachim, Kailan Shal Seifrim, those are not chametz that are fit for eating. It's not ingredients of chametz fit for eating. There's things that are in the paint, in a, in a glue, it's not fit for eating, Bichlal. That's what's known as chametz Naiksha, as we'll see in the Gemara later. So all of these, the mission is telling you, Ya'ivram Ba'yirah Ba'yamatzeh. Abliyaza adds one more thing. Abliyaza, I'm aftachshiti nashim. Also, cosmetics of women that have chametz in it is also going to be yoyver ba'yirah ba'yamatza. Zeaklal, this is the rule. Kolshu mimin dagan. Anything that comes from one of the five grains that we mentioned before, hareza over be pesach. You're going to be over on pesach ba'yirah ba'yamatza. And hare elubaz hare. You also have a lav not to eat from it. But vein ba'mishum kares. The kares that there is for eating chametz is only if it's chametz for itself. If it's chametz that's mixed into ingredients and something else, or it's not fit for eating, there's no karas. This is Rashi's chat in this Mishnah, that the Mishnah is discussing Bayirah, Bayamatzah. Rabbeinu Tam, however, that's brought here in the Teisvah, says that we're not talking about Bayirah, Bayamatzah. Rabbeinu Tam holds that on Taruvah's chametz, you're not over Bayirah, Bayamatzah. The Gemara is going to bring a special posik, Machmetzes, to be marbet to say that you're over when you eat it. But there's no riboy by Bayirah, Bayamatzah. The Torah always uses the term chametz. Therefore, Rabbeinu Tam says, how do you know that Yoyvah on Bayirah Bayamatzah, even on Taruvah's Chametz? Therefore, Rabbeinu Tam says, when it says, Ve'elu Oivrin, Oivrin means these are the foods that you have to take off of the table, meaning you're not allowed to eat them. The Mishnah is talking about the Isra Achila, not about the Isra Bayirah Bayamatzah. You're not Oivah on Bayirah Bayamatzah on Taruvah's Chametz and on Chametz Naiksha, according to Rabbeinu Tam. And therefore, according to some opinions, Rabbeinu Tam would hold all of these different kinds of things, you don't even have to get it out of your house, even with the Rabbanon. Not only Menatayres and Obayira, Obayimotzah, you're allowed to have it in your house over Pesach. Meaning, even the Takanas Chachamim, that they were Masakin, that has to be Bidike and beer, that you have to get all the Chomets out of your house. There's no Takana for Taruvis Chomets, you're allowed to have it in your house over Pesach. Others say that even according to Rabbeinu Tam, with Rabbanon, you still have to get rid of it, you have to get it out of your house. So there's a big machlekes about this, what the Pshat of Elu Oivrin means. Is it referring to Bayira, Bayamatzah? That's what Rashi says. And Rabbeinu Tam says, no, it's, there's no Bayira, Bayamatzah in them. Zog the Mishnah, Gemara, Ton Rabbanon. So we learned in the Braise regarding all these things in the Mishnah. So it starts with the Kutach. Shloisha Dvarim Namarim Bekutach, Abavli. There were three things that were said about this kutach habavli, this dip, that it's really not good for a person. It clogs your heart. It makes a person blind. And it weakens the body. It clogs your heart. It's because of the way that's separated from the milk. That's part of the ingredients of this dip. It makes a person blind. Because of the salt that's in it. We know the Gemara in many places talks about Melach's daimis. There's a certain kind of very strong salt that can make a person blind. And it makes a person weak. It's because of the bread. They put pieces of bread in this that becomes rotten, that becomes moldy. And this moldy bread makes a person weak. We learned Gimel Dvarim Marben Hazevel. Three things cause a person to have a lot of uh, zevel, waste, uh, waste matter. It causes a person's uh, stature to be bent over. And it takes away a five hundredth of his eyesight. Shaladim of a person. These three things are not good for a person for these uh, reasons. Pas Kibar, bread that comes from coarse flour. Sheikhar Chadosh, and the brand new beer. And v'yerek chai, and raw vegetables that are not supposed to be eaten raw. Rashi gives an example like leek and uh, onions and uh, things like that, that you eat a lot of them. Rashi says it's only if you eat a lot of them constantly, 
I'm not sure if it refers to everything, eating a lot of them, kind of maybe only to the Yerik Chai. Rashi says, when you eat from them, har betomid, it's not good for the person. Tanarabad and another b'raisi, we learn, shleishu dvarim imat and The three things will minimize a person's waste matter. V'zayk v'nesakayma, and will make the posture, the, the, the stature of a person to be erect, strong. Umi'id v'nesayinayim, it will illuminate your eyesight. And Eloheng, past nikia, bread that comes from refined flour, basa shomen, a fat, good meat, viyay and yashon, and old wine. Pas nikia, what's pas nikia? The smido, comes from refined flour. Basa shomen, what's the, the fat meat that we're talking about over here? The tzvirta that comes from a goat, the loy iftach, a female goat that never gave birth. That's Rashi's pshat. Rabbeinu Hananel says it uh, refers to meat from a chicken or from a bird, that uh, never gave birth. Yayin Yashon, what's old wine? Atik Atiki. It has to be wine that's old, old, older than old, meaning it has to be, Arashi says, three years old. Call Mili Demaili, now the, the Gemara says, anything that's positive, that's good, Lahai, for one limb, for one part of the person, Kosha Lahai will be, have a side effect and be negative for something else. Rashi says, for example, something that's good for the heart will, will, will be negative for the eyes, and so on. So it's whatever is good for one thing, there's going to be a side effect for something else. The kosha lahai, maile lahai. Bar ritiva. Fresh ginger, and long pepper, and refined flour, that from bread from refined flour, and the fat meat that we spoke about before, and the old wine, the maile These things are good for the entire body. So I don't know if you could say about, about these things all that it's relevant today or this is those things that the, the body of a person, the nature changes as we had so many times at the Lav Dafke. It's exactly relevant today. Interesting, I know I just said I just spoke to my, my sister this week. No. Back in England, people take Zangbalite. Yeah, the ginger. Ginger Bechlal, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, for the, now for Corona also, yeah. My great-grandmother used ginger. to uh, no, uh, pepper. Pepper. Uh, peppers, when she had the stomach ache, she would be. Okay. She was 94 years old. So apparently, oh, okay. Apparently it has some good... Uh, Effects. Sheikhara Modai. It said in the Mishnah, the beer that comes from Modai, the Rama Beisari. They had to put, they put into the beer, uh, the uh, barley. The Gemara is going to say in a second, what's, why, why did they have to put barley? From what did they make the vinegar from? They made the vinegar from wine. When you want the wine to turn to vinegar, so usually you let the wine sit and it turns into vinegar. But if it's very good wine, it's not going to turn into vinegar so fast. So therefore they would put barley in order for it to turn into vinegar. The vinegar that comes from Edom. The Shadu Beisari. Also, they would put into it, um, they would put into it uh, the barley. So I just confused this. Let me go back a second. So the Sheikhar Amadai, they put barley into it as an ingredient to make the beer. The point that I just said before about turning the wine into vinegar is regarding the Chaimitzah Adaimi. That because the wine was so good, so it wouldn't turn into vinegar without putting into it barley. So therefore, there's chametz, there's barley in it. Um, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said as follows: in the beginning, they would bring the wine that was poured in the mizbeach. From where would they bring that? From the wine from Yehuda section, a place in Eretz Yisrael. So that wine in that place of Yehuda would never become vinegar, even if you let it sit. You had to put into it barley to help it turn into vinegar. And they would refer to this as this, this was the stam vinegar that was in Yehuda that they especially made by putting into it barley. 
Fa'achshav, however, now that wine is not used anymore for the Mizbeach. So, the wine of Yehuda lost its whole potency. But it's the wine of Edom that will not become vinegar. That wine is very strong. Until you place into it barley. This is now uh, the special vinegar that comes from Edom that has to, it comes from wine that will not turn to vinegar unless you put into it barley. So the nature changed after the Chorban Beis HaMikdosh. This fulfills what it says in the Pasik. Amalo hachareva. I fill from what from the destruction of one, the other gets filled. In Malayazu, when this is filled, Kharevazu, the other one is destroyed. Vimalayazu, and when this one is filled, Kharevazu, the other one is destroyed. Edoim and Yerushalayim, or in the Pasik there it says Tsur, and Yerushalayim, Tsur, which is, belongs to Edoim. When Yerushalayim is destroyed, then Tsur becomes stronger. When Tsur is destroyed, Yerushalayim becomes stronger. This is the Pasik that it says by Yaakov and Esau. One nation will fight with the other, that when one is up, the other is down, and vice versa. Based on this, Rabbi Yudah said the following, In the place Yehuda, in the beginning, A person that buys vinegar from an Amaoretz, He doesn't have to take Meister from it. Why? Because you know for sure that Elamenatemet. Where did this vinegar come from? This vinegar is not wine that turned into vinegar. As we said before, the vinegar that was in, uh, made in Yehuda, so the wine there was so strong, the wine itself did not turn into vinegar. So therefore, if you have this wine that comes from an Amaoretz, so you know that he didn't take it from wine, rather it's temet. Elamin temet. What is temet? Temet <coughs> is water that's mixed with different remnants of grapes, whether it's the seeds of the grape, the skins of the grape, or the sediments of the grape, and they pour water over it, and then that water rinses out, or it, uh, it comes out, and that water then becomes vinegar. So it's, it's essentially water. It's not chayv and meiser. There's meiser only on the grapes, but not on this water. So since this vinegar is only temed, so therefore it's not chayv and meiser. But Va'achshav, now that in Yehuda, the wine in Yehuda is not as strong at all, and the wine itself turns into vinegar. So when you buy the vinegar from an Amaoretz, from Yehuda, you do have to take Meiser from it. Because you know that this vinegar is coming from wine. And wine, you have to give Meiser from wine. Does Rav Yehuda hold that vinegar, you don't have to take Meiser from the Temed, the vinegar that's made from Temed, again, it's, it's water that's mixed with the remnants of the grapes. But we learned, a person that mixes the water with the remnants of the grapes. You put a certain measure of water. And then you measure and you see that it's the same amount of water even after you mix it with the grapes. It's the same amount of water. Potter. It's going to be potter from Meiser. Why? Because you see that even though you mix it with the remnants of the grapes, nothing was absorbed, nothing was added to it. Maybe it absorbed the taste or a, uh, an appearance and a taste, and it's going to become chaymets, like vinegar, but it's really the same amount of water, so there's, there's no maizer on water. Rabbi Yehuda Mechayev, Rabbi Yehuda says, even in such a case, you are going to be chayev. So Rashi explains, the basis of the machlekes over here is, is the appearance and the taste of the grapes 
that's in this water enough to obligate you to give maizer, even though you don't have the mamoshes of the grape. There's nothing added from the grape itself. It's the same amount of water, but do you say that the chazusa and the timer, the appearance and the taste of it, is enough to be chayav and maizer? So what do you see over here? Rabbi Yehuda holds that with temed, that was mixed with the remnants of the grapes, it is chayav and maizer. Says the Gemara, the Pratir is as follows. What Rabbi Yehuda said before when he said that when you buy this temet from the Amaratzim, you don't have to give Maiser. What he was saying is, Usually you have to give Maiser when you buy something from an Amaratz because you can't trust him that he gave the Maiser. But temet is something which is very cheap. So that's something that the Amaratzim give Maiser of it. It's only things that are more expensive that we suspect them of not giving Maiser from it. You buy same uh, another prat we can say nechshedu. They were suspected of not giving meiser even for temet, but there's two different kinds of temets. Veloy kashia ha bedrafke. You have a temet that's made from drafke. Drafke is from the sediments. So when it's made from the sediments over here, that's something that gets absorbed in the water, and that's something that um, you're going to be chayiv to give meiser for. And ha bedfurtzani. Furtzani means that's just the seeds. The seeds do not get up, the seeds itself don't add anything. There's no mamashas that's added to the water. It just adds to the taste of it. It adds a certain acidic or whatever that makes it into vinegar, but there's nothing actually that's added to it. So there's, a, there's two different kinds of temet. If, it's, if the water is mixed with the sediments of the wine, with the shmarim, or it's mixed only with the seeds. Going back to the Mishnah, Zaytum Amitri. What's my Zaytum Amitri? What is this? Tanya Rav Yasef Rav Yasef says, here are the ingredients if you want to make it. Plus a sari, a third of barley, plus a kortumi, a third of sapphire, if I remember correctly, a plus a milcha, and a third of salt. That's what it is. Rav, Rav Papa says, no, the ingredients are different. Mapik sari, he takes out the barley, or ma'il chiti, and he says, no, it's a, it's a third of wheat. Simonach, the simon to know that uh, who's said which opinion here regarding the ingredients, sisni. Sisni. Sisni is just the name of a certain vessel. Rav Yosef, which has a Samech in his name, he's the one that says that it's the Sa'ari, which has a Sin, which has a similar sound. Sisni. So Rav Yosef is the one that said Sa'ari. Now, what do you do with this uh, ingredients? Taru luhu, so you soak it together, then v'kalu luhu, you toast it, and v'tachnu luhu, and then you grind it, and v'shasu luhu, and then you drink it, but it has to be drunk in a certain time of the year, midivcha v'adatzarta, from Pesach until Shavuot's time. And this is a, a heals a person. The comet, merapile, a person that's constipated, it'll soften it. Or the rafi, if it's, if it's soft, too soft, makmetle, it'll make it, uh, it'll harden, it'll do the opposite. In other words, it balances a person's out. And l'chayla, but for a person that's sick, but for ubara, for a pregnant woman, sakanta, to drink this zaytama mitri, it's a danger. It's too strong. Zayman shal tzabayim. What is this Zayman shal tzabayim? Hacha targimut. So they said, Maya de chivri de tzavri buhu. It's water from bran. I think, believe chivri is a, a, a water from, a mixed with, from, from bran or something like that, from, from, the, from the wheat that uh, they used for paint. The tzavri buhu labo. They painted it with it, with it red. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's some kind of yeah, ingredients with chametz that's used for paint. Amilon shal tabachim. What's amilon shal tabachim? Pas, it's bread. Tvua shalayvi shlish. Made from grain that is not fully ripe. It wasn't even a third ripe. 
So I guess this was some kind of grain that never ripened. So they wanted to use it for something. So they made some kind of a bread for it. And what was it used for? It was placed on the pot. And it draws out the foam and the dirt that there is in the pot. How exactly it works, I'm not sure. But there's a certain kind of bread. That's, it's not fully chametz. The fact that it didn't grow more than a third. So it's not fully chametz. Chometz is only from a grain that's fully ripe. So therefore, it's, it, this is chometz naiksha. It's not fully chometz, and yet it's going to be also elo evrin, that it's also by rabbi matzah, or it's also to eat. Kailan shal seifrim. What is kailan shal seifrim? Hacha targumos over here. It was translated pirura de oshchefi. This is the glue that shoemakers use. And it has in it also ingredients of chametz. Rav Shimi Mechazuna Omar, he said a different pshat, Zetipulon Shal Sashirim, this is some kind of a paste that the rich girls would use, they used a paste to remove hair from their body, and they left it over for the poor girls. So the reason why it's called Kailan Shal Seifrim is because the Seifrim were the ones that were poor, and their daughters would use this leftovers that was given to them from the rich girls. So it's all it's some, some kind of a paste that has chametz in it. Any is this true? said, look in the, in, the, in the seven things that are listed in the Mishnah. So Rabchiyah said, Four of them are things that are used by people that, for the things that they need. In other words, not for, for professionals. It's used by everybody. Three of the things that are mentioned of the Mishnah are used by craftsmen. If you're going to say that the koilon shal seifrim is used as a paste by girls, my this is one of the three that should be used only by a craftsman, but you're saying it's used by the girls just as a paste. We go back to the pshat that we said before. So this is the glue that's used by the shoemakers. Why is this called the glue of seifrim, which means a scribe, a seifer? It's not, it doesn't say in the mission that it's a shoemaker. It should have said the paste of the shoemakers. Answers the Gemara, you're right, it is from the shoemakers. It is the glue of the shoemakers. But the Mishnah calls it from the seifrim. The seifrim also use the same glue to attach their papers to each other. So therefore it's called the koilin shal seifrim.